I'm going in search of witches. Witches? Witches. I guess you found me out, huh? Yeah. You should come around here on Halloween. You'd really see something then. Oh, yeah? Yeah, we all jump off the roof and fly. You know, sort of like a coven. We were placed fester under some strange sexual spell. At what time will we be spellcasting? Witches, and welcome to Moonstone Witchery, the podcast where we talk about witchcraft in the modern era. My name is Rian Lockard. I am the head witch here at Moonstone Witchery, and I'm super glad to be talking with you today. Thank you for joining me here on this podcast. You can find me on Instagram, Moonstone underscore Witchery, or on my website, MoonstoneWitchery.com. And I'm lighting, I'm not lighting anything at the moment, <laughs> I'm launching a um, an Etsy store. It's got a few listings, so you can go ahead and check that out. It is also called Moonstone Witchery. We're kind of sort of sticking with that. Um, But anyway, let's get started. A couple podcasts back, I had talked about um, setting up an altar space. I think that's what I said I was going to talk about. I've had a few cool questions come rolling through, so I'm going to address some of them. So this might be sort of like a little hodgepodge of an episode, and that's cool too. The first thing I wanted to talk about was setting up an altar space um, and what does that even mean and how do we do it and is it important and is it required? I get a lot of messages from baby witches or people new to witchcraft uh, asking questions about, you know, sort of just the hows and the the legitimacy of their practices and, and things like that. So the first thing I want to say is that I want you to really actually hear and believe this. There is no one specific right way to witch. We're going to make it a verb. There's no one specific right way to witch. I I really truly believe that. I know that not every witch agrees with me on that. Um, But for me, as someone who considers myself to be an eclectic witch, I have studied so many different things. And what it really fundamentally comes down to is like, How do you channel your own specific magic? And we can take this lesson, by the way, and extract it from witchcraft and just turn it into regular life and be like, how do I show up in the world as me? And what do I like to do? Or what do I, I don't know, what are my strengths that I bring to things, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, Think about people you know in your life who have a very specific vibe or they just like you love them because they're so themselves. Well, those people are showing up. That's what they're doing. They're showing up and they're showing up authentically and they're showing up with some type of stamp upon themselves because what they're doing is they're saying, well, how do I want to do this? And in their case, this, the thing that's this is themselves. Like, how do I want to like be myself? Um, but we can take that and do that with really everything. All the most successful people are always sort of doing a kind of normal thing with their own spin to it. So 
think about the books that you love and the the people who have written them. All writers, they have a basic format to what they're doing, you know, which is writing. And then they're adding their own energy or essence to it. And they're writing in their own way. Same with music, same with dance, same with any form of expression. And witchcraft is no different. Witchcraft is a craft. So it falls into the art category, in my opinion. Um, Wouldn't it be funny if we were teaching witchcraft along with like arts and crafts or something? Maybe I can set up a table in the back room at like AC Moore or something like that. Um, No. Well, yes. I don't know. (laughs) But my point here is, is there a basic format to witch work? Of course. But fundamentally, what's more important is that whatever you're doing feels like you. And so, because you are the channel of the magic, you are the person through whom the magic is flowing. It's got to get your essence on it or else it's not going to be nearly as effective. And so this is why you could like read a spell out loud and nothing happens. Or you can just like say some words with a mood attached and shit's going to go down. Sorry about my language. If you have little ears listening, I really try to be mindful (laughs) about my language. That is a struggle for me. Okay, so that said, when I get questions about, like, how do I set up an altar or how do I perform this ritual, yeah, there's definitely ways to do these things. I can go ahead and tell you them, and I will go ahead and tell you them, actually. And I also want to add to that, like, what do you want to do? Like, how do you want to do it? And this is another portion of why I'm obsessed with this idea that witchcraft is self-work or self-care, at least, because... If you don't know or if you're not comfortable saying to yourself, how do I want to do this thing? Well, ding, ding, ding. That's like your first area to look at within yourself. Like, what is it about me that doesn't allow me to feel comfortable with myself enough that I can like take control of this thing and make it my own? You know, um, one of my favorite sentences I say to somebody when they're trying to learn something new is like, do it with some authority, like get in there and do the thing with some authority. And I'm, and I, what I'm talking about is like harnessing your inner witch or, you know, your inner badass or, um, just channeling the, the flow of power within you, whatever word works, I want you to do that. And so when you're setting up an altar, it's great to know, you know, what are the components? That's cool. And like, what are your components? Okay. Because an altar is such a super personal thing. So let's talk about altars for a moment. An altar traditionally, if you're going by like Wicca or something like that, and Wiccans who are listening, if I get this a little bit wrong, I'm sorry, please feel free to let me know. But they have components that are comprised of the natural world. So like the altar maybe should be made out of wood or stone. I think it's stone really traditionally. Um, And then there are elements of each element. (laughs) There are components that represent each element that are present on the altar. So you'll have like something to represent the earth, um, something to represent fire, you know, air, water. Um, Sometimes there's something like like metal, like a conductor of the energy. Um, And there are certain ritualistic tools, chalices and little knives and things like that that are important to have on the altar space when you're working in a specific, um, I don't know, tradition or sect of witchcraft. Now, that said, other, other, I don't know, forms of witchcraft, other brands of witchcraft, other styles or traditions of witchcraft 
um, they approach it very differently. Their altars are loaded up with ancestors and deities and specific energies, and they are worship spaces. Um, so I want to parse that out for a second because the altars and other traditions that are loaded up with like deities or gods or goddesses or, um, angels or things like that. Those are more of a worship space. Like those are worships kind of like such an intense word, right? But it's like, they are kind of dedicated to the energy or essence of those gods, goddesses, deities, etc. And so when you're interacting with those kinds of altars, you're interacting in, in that way as kind of like, um, it's like, hi, I'm coming to pay tribute to you as a specific deity or a goddess. Um, let me light this candle for you. Let me burn this incense for you. Let me leave an offering for you. And those are beautiful and powerful altars in their own right. And then, you know, there's ancestor altars in which you have remembrance photos or images or, you know, even things that depict your certain and specific ancestors who have existed um, in the past. And in that way, what you're doing is you're like calling forth their energy. You're kind of like, stand behind me, lend me your support, lend me your love, be with me. I'm calling upon the infinite pool of your connection to me and all the knowledge therein. So it's kind of cool because it's kind of like, oh, well, if I don't know how to do this thing, I know my great grandmother was this like badass witch and she can go ahead and lend her energy to this spell too. Or I know that my, you know, great, great uncle was very familiar with XYZ and he's going to bring that knowledge to this work. So those are kind of some basic altars that you'll discover in witchcraft and kind of what they do. Now, the thing I want to say is, like, I have had so many questions. I'm going to try to remember all of them. The first one is, like, am I doing it wrong? Like, what do I need to put on it? We kind of covered that, and there is no really doing it wrong. And I'm going to jump back into that in a second. Um, the second question that I get a lot, which I find to be really interesting and that I actually heavily relate to, is, like, what if I don't know and or like my ancestors? So... Okay, now, people who really do a lot of ancestor witch work might, like, hate everything I'm about to say. So if that's the case, I apologize. Um, but my thoughts on this is, like, if you don't know or like your ancestors, like, go ahead and just not. Like, you can, like, I don't know, maybe write a sign or draw a picture that represents them. And it's just, like, thank you for your existence. Um, thank you for the times when you did your best. Like, I appreciate your energy. Um you know, a nice little nod, you know, to pay your respects. But if you have people who qualify as somebody's ancestors, um, that you're like feeling very connected to, or if you're kind of like in this vibe about like, maybe these are my soul family. Um, these are the people who I wish I had in my lineage. Well, I want you to go ahead and allow yourself to pop those people on your altar as well. Because my thing is, is that like, we all are in this infinite flow of, you know, the universe in general of energy. And I don't see why we can't put it out there towards these, these people who have passed and be like, Hey, I would love to work with you. I'm inviting you to work with me. Thank you so much. Now, there's such a different vibe about what I said versus like, I'm putting you on my altar. You're going to work with me. Okay. That will backfire and blow up in your face. Like, especially if this is someone big enough that you've heard of them and, you know, like you're into them, you admire them. They have the power to be like, oh, absolutely not. I don't get told what to do. And actually now I'm going to like mess with your spell, right? Like, so... 
So think about the way that you are doing things because one of the things I teach in Witchcraft Academy to my students that is very challenging for some people to understand is that when you're a witch, what you're doing is, well, when I'm a witch, what I'm doing is I'm inviting these energies to work with me if they'd like to. I'm not commanding them because that's not my thing. Like, who am I to command anybody? Now, when you're doing a spell that is taking place in tangible reality, you can go ahead and be commanding, okay? And in fact, I want you to be commanding. However, when you are like imploring an energy that, you know, once existed or is in the infinite realm of of energy and spirituality, when you're asking for support, you're not commanding. You're not, that's not your thing. You're not really allowed to just go, I command thee, or, you know, and talk to like the gods or anybody who's passed. That's not really okay. What you're doing in that case is you are respectfully inviting, but you're not doing it with like a desperate energy. Okay. Any kind of desperate energy that you bring to anything is going to like not, it's going to be like the rotten apple in the bowl of apples. And it's like, if you have one rotten apple in a bowl of apples, all those other apples catch that and they get rotten faster. This is a science thing. So it's very similar with your energy. If you are like, oh my God, I really want this thing to work out. I'm so freaked out. It's not going to please. If there's any like angels that will help me, please help me. Oh my God. If you're like that about it, nope, that's not going to work out well for you. Okay. What I want you to do is breathe. And I want you to know that like, even if your thing doesn't work out, you're going to be okay. Here's another place where self-work and witchcraft are like best buddies. They're besties. They tag each other on all the Instagram posts. Like they love each other. Self-work and witchcraft so much go together because it's like if you feel like, oh my God, I'm not going to be okay if this thing doesn't work out this way, then you need to do some self-work. You need to remember all the times that shit has gone haywire and that you have been okay. Like remember that stuff and like anchor in that you have survived every single thing you might have come out of it like in a different state but you have survived it okay so I don't want any desperate energy going into like literally anything you're ever doing in your whole life but especially in any of your magical workings or any of your altar spaces or any of your witch work all of that stuff so can you create an ancestry altar that doesn't necessarily have ancestors whom you're related to absolutely yes in my opinion go for it. And what you want to do is you do, you want to have pictures of them or things that represent them. You want to talk to them. You want to like send them offerings. Um, I want to tell you guys that incense counts as an offering, which is a very fun and liberating truth. Um, and I want you to leave them little things and just be in a state of gratitude. Gratitude is the way to get things done. Gratitude. Like, first of all, this is like a good life rule, but specifically in magic, um, gratitude is the energy you want to bring to things. Like it, this, your vibe is like, this thing has already happened because I commanded it to be so. Okay. Um, and, and you'll notice that my language there is I commanded the thing to be so you're not commanding an energy or an entity. You're commanding a circumstance to be so, and you know, it is so like, that's important. That's the confidence I want you to have. This thing's already happened because I commanded it to be so. And I'm so grateful for the support that is being offered to me through the divine entities of all that is or or whatever words you want to use. 
gratitude, okay? I invite in any energies or entities who wish to support me in this cause and then tell them what you're doing. I really want to do this thing. Is there anybody out there who likes that thing? So like, for example, if I'm trying to organize my house or like my closet, this is a real thing, okay? If I'm trying to organize my closet, I can go, I can set this spell and I can just kind of like open a portal in the closet with a wand or selenite wand or whatever kind of wand you have or however you like to open circles and you can say hey um I could really use some support right now are there any energies or entities or divine individuals out there who really enjoy organization if so I'd love to invite you to support me in this in this endeavor of mine and when it's done the circle will be closed and you will be like going back to whatever you were up to before but I'm so grateful for your help if you choose to help me thank you do you see what I'm saying like you're in, you're extending an invitation you're like sending an evite out to the universe and you're like hey guys anybody like misorganizing closets from like when you were alive <laughs> like come on down and help me right or whatever it might be don't be inviting poltergeists or like earthbound energies I want you to literally say I'm not extending this offer to any like any harmful or negative you know creatures or beings but I'm just talking to those of you who like enjoy organization you know this is a weird example but it's a really good example because this is also providing you with an example of how you can apply witch work to like your everyday existence um you don't have to just like put yourself in some type of like really gothy dress and light the candles and it doesn't have to only be under a full moon and it doesn't have to only be in like a clearing surrounded by like you know walnut trees that grow in a circle or whatever you don't have to get to that level you can and for certain things you should but for your everyday day-to-day life if you're trying to work on immersion into the life of witchcraft then go ahead and do these things Put some pictures out on your on your dresser and light a candle that says thank you. That is a beautiful tribute. That is an altar, first of all. Second of all, it's a beautiful altar. And that's literally so simple and it's all you have to do. If you're doing an altar to a god or a goddess, I want you to research like what do they like? What's their day of the week? What's their planet? What kind of offerings do they enjoy? What kind of signs are they sending to me? If you've ever been called by um, a deity, you'll know because you'll start to receive all kinds of interesting signs and synchronicities. And when you look into them, you'll realize they are all connected to a certain god or goddess. And this is how a calling works. And it's a real thing. I've been called by several deities. um, And you can choose to answer that call or not. Um, I have one that's been calling me that's kind of on hold right now. And that's not intentional. It's just because, like, I do care. I want to be called by him. I have to respond. (laughs) And the way we respond is we set up an altar. And we light a candle. And we gather objects that are significant to that deity. And then we go, yeah, I heard your call. I'm responding. I call this signaling back. I'm signaling back that I'm into it. Like, let's, let's do some work together, right? So you'll set up an altar and, you know, you can buy specific candles that are dedicated to certain deities. I mean, typically the ones that you can easily get a hold of tend to be Catholic saints, um, or like, uh, you know, I don't know. That's typically what it is, to be honest with you. The, the ones you can get the Novena candles for is typically Catholic saints. But what you can do is get a plain candle, a white or any color that your deity likes, um, And you can consecrate it and bless it and 
you know, make it so it is a tribute candle to that deity. And then you surround the altar with things that they like and things that are for and about them. And you just say thank you. And you say, yes, I would love to work with you. These are beautiful tributes. When you're doing something just because you're trying to say thank you and you don't want anything, you're not asking for anything, that's a beautiful thing to do. And it's really, um, I think it really elevates the energy of you um, and the energy of the space that you're in and the energy of the connection you have with whomever you're lighting the candle for. It's beautiful. Doing literally anything with that much intention and purpose and that much good energy is guaranteed to just shift your world. Because how often are we just not even taking a second, like a second to have a meaningful, intentional, connected moment? So that's why this is going to make such a big difference. When it comes to an altar that like you're working with for witchy purposes or just for yourself, um, that's my most personal altar. So I'll have altars that are for gods or goddesses or I'll light candles that are for, you know, ancestors or whatever. But my most personal altar is the thing that I have created for myself in a safe that I'm always in a space that I'm always in or that I'm frequently in, maybe in my home or my office, wherever I am. It's got things that are important to me. It maybe has crystals that I'm currently resonating with or jewelry that feels special to me or little feathers that I found when I've been out on a walk or a hike or, you know, things that are representative of the season. Um, just little trinkets that for some reason matter to me. They go on my altar and every single day I light a candle and I leave it lit. So this is a real thing that I do in my life. And when I light the candle, I'm talking to it and I'm thanking it and I'm asking for blessings or I'm telling it what I could use a little bit more of in my life. And when I close that candle um, by, you know, covering it and letting it go out, I'm saying thank you so much. I feel so grateful. And I'm in that state of gratitude whenever I'm working with my altar. Now, when you're doing a ritual or a specific spell or something along those lines, you do want to have an altar that has tools or, I don't know, items, components that go with your spell. So that's where you'll research, like, what are the spell components? Um, <clears throat> what do I need to execute this spell? That's what that means. You know, if it's a love spell, maybe you need, like, roses or rose water, or maybe you need um, certain kinds of... Maybe you'd want to have an image of like Aphrodite or Venus or somebody like that. Maybe you would want to have certain stones, like some rose quartz would go there. And um, maybe you want to use magical tools in order to dress and bless and spell your candle. And maybe you want to have like the four corners represented. It depends on your brand of witchcraft, okay? But an altar that's functional for during a spell might look different than an altar that's like your everyday altar, which might look different than your ancestor altar, which might look different than an altar for a deity. Um, and they all count and they're all real and they're all you, okay? I want them to all feel like you. I want them to all have your brand of you-ness upon them. Um, and even on like my bedside, I have what might qualify as an altar because it's like all my crystals that I'm asking for support with, um, you know, either as I sleep or as I manifest, you know, my current reality. I really think there's something so powerful, by the way, side note, to having crystals on your bedside <clears throat> because if you have taken the time to activate your crystals and to align them to your energy and to kind of talk to them and tell them what you're, what you're up to and like, can you guys lend me any support? When you go to sleep, you enter this state of receptivity and like your energy is like just there for such a long time 
and it's like absorbing. And so when you have these crystals that you've asked to support you, it's so beautiful because while you're sleeping, they're just like washing you, um, like washing your whole body in their good energy and taking care of you and blessing you with everything that they are wanting to bless you with. And so that is a different kind of altar as well. But my point is like altars are definitely important and they're very personal and there are, you know, specific ways that you can do it. But there's also honestly, like once you know the basic foundation of what an altar is and what the components are, you can go ahead and then like you can, oh, I'm going to say the cutest thing. You can go ahead and alter that, right? To like fit yourself, right? So you can alter the altar in order to um, meet your own needs. And I want you to do that because it's going to be more powerful when it matches your energy flow. And that's always what we're going for is what's going to be the most powerful and empowering thing that I can do so that I feel like I walk up to this space and it immediately sets me into this like divine energy field. And I'm like, oh my God, that's right. I'm this awesome witch. I'm going to talk to my spirits right now. Like, give me a second. And it almost like sucks you into this like vortex of itself when you work with it that often. It's you get into that vibe really easily because you're programming your own body to shift into that energy field when you interact with your altar. So when you're out in the world and you see cool things that are like good for your altar, and by the way, Home Goods is a great place to get cool altar items. But when you're out in the world and you see cool things that would work for your altar, allow yourself a little grace to pick them up. And then, of course, you're going to cleanse their energy. And then, of course, you're going to align your own energy to their energy. And the more you work with them, the more your energies blend and connect. And it becomes this really beautiful, very powerful thing. But for anybody who's wanting to have more spirituality in their life, my first thing I always tell them to do is, okay, set up a space in your home where you have a candle that you light every single day. It is that easy, but oh my gosh, it is so powerful to actually do that. So if you yourself are wanting to feel more spiritually connected and more witchy and more in charge and like more empowered in your craft, that's the only thing I want you to do. I want you to take a week and I want you to set up a space and it doesn't have to be super fancified. It can be very simple or it can be super fancified depending on your brand of you. And I want you to set a space and put a candle on it. You can get a glass novena candle that will burn for like three to four days at the dollar store, just white, and you can like spray it with Florida water or whatever you want to do to cleanse it. And I want you to light a candle every day whenever you're home or in the space where you set this up and just allow yourself to say a few words to your angels or your higher self or the the forces that be or the energy of the universe and allow yourself for one moment or two moments or that moment to connect And see how your world starts to shift just by doing that super simple practice. These are the essence. These are the essences of witchcraft. These things are the things that make you know that you are so connected to everything that is. And that knowing is the most important and valuable component that you can bring to your own craft and your own practice. So I hope that this was helpful. Um, I'm loving hearing feedback on the podcast. Please do send me questions or comments. And if or when you subscribe, leave me a little comment and I will follow you back on Instagram. Um, And I do chime in on your posts once in a while. So that's fun too. So 
I would love to hear from you. Um, Check me out over on my website, moonstonewitchery.com. We have lots of cool things. We have a witchy subscription box, which I'm like low-key not promoting or talking about enough, but I'm so like hype about it. It's awesome. You get an individually spell candle in that box. Like I specifically spell the candle that goes in every box. So that's cool. You'll get instructions on how to make it your own. And then there's like lots and lots of other cool stuff that comes in the witchy subscription box. So feel free to check that out. We do, um, we're doing crystal prescription bags, um, which are tailored to any area of your life that needs support. And of course I have the crystal of the month, which just went out this month. Um, Oh my God, we are picking the coolest crystals. So anyway, you can find all that cool stuff over on my website and, you know, Etsy's kind of a thing at the moment, but mostly I just want to hear from y'all over on Instagram. I love to connect with you. So thank you for listening and I hope you guys are having a great week. Hey everyone, I just wanted to take a second to tell you all about this cool thing that we're offering over on my website, moonstonewitchery.com. We are offering a new subscription service. Um, It is called Crystal of the Month, and its name is pretty straightforward, pretty much exactly what you could expect. With Crystal of the Month, I've tried to keep it incredibly affordable. It's only $15 a month. That includes shipping, and you will get a new crystal delivered right to your door every single month so that you can build your collection. These crystals are the perfect size for your altar or to be carried in your pocket or your bra or in your car or under your pillow. Um, They're really a manageable size, but I have hand chosen each one. Um, And I actually speak to my guides and channel in which crystal should be used each month for the crystal of the month. So if you're not already subscribed, it's real easy. Go over to moonstonewitchery.com. You can find the link under subscriptions and you can just set it up through PayPal. It'll monthly subscribe you. And that's that. And then every single month, it's like, surprise, you get a little delivery from the crystal fairy. So I hope to see you guys over there at moonstonewitchery.com subscribing for crystal of the month. And thank you for listening. Thank